Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. You're listening to Morning Tide, the official morning show podcast of the San Jose Sharks. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Morning Tide. Ted Ramey with you, as always, as we continue uh, to make our way through the shelter in place. I hope everyone is safe and happy and healthy, and I hope that you're getting in uh, a lot of Sharks classic broadcasts both on TV and on radio. Um, One of the things we're going to be getting into today is we'll talk a little bit of that series that they just replayed on this past Sunday, the four-game sweep for the Vancouver Canucks back in 2013. We'll be joined by Randy Hahn and Jamie Baker. Overall, this past week, in terms of the talk of getting hockey going again, kind of quiet. I think that's just where we are right now. There's not been a whole lot of change. I know there is talk of some states starting to ease their restrictions. But in California, obviously, that's a lot different because we have the largest population in the entirety of the country, and we've heard numerous reports from the governor and different health experts that they do not plan on opening uh, anytime sooner rather than later. Of course, there's talk of isolated locations for all teams to gather in. So it's a game of wait and see right now. And I think overall the importance, obviously, is that Everyone is staying healthy and happy, and that goes for every single player in the NHL and every single player in the AHL and everyone that's a fan of hockey and everyone in you know the United States and the world right now. There's a responsibility as much as we want to be entertained, as much as we want to watch hockey, that we have to make sure that everybody has the, the same ability to stay healthy. And so right now that means listening to what the experts have to say and Again, it's all frustrating for all of us. Nobody likes sitting at home and nobody likes not being able to watch sports and the things that make our lives quote-unquote normal, but this is where we are right now. So, yes, uh, you know, this is not a normal time in American history, but it is one of the biggest moments in American history. It'll go down as one of the most interesting moments in sports history in terms of a collective bargaining agreement from this point out might have a pandemic clause or things more on point with language more pertaining to these exact situations because right now this has opened up a lot of questions in sports and in society that we've never had to deal with before in the modern world. But even as I am intrigued in the long-term outcomes, most importantly, I want everybody to stay safe and healthy and happy. So I hope that you're all doing that, and I hope that with today's program, I can bring you a little bit of a break from the doldrums, the routine, the cabin fever, whatever it is. I hope that uh, this provides a little bit of uh, of a break from whatever is uh, driving you crazy right now. So without further ado, I am now joined by two members of the San Jose Sharks broadcast crew, the play-by-play announcer on the TV side, Randy Hahn and color announcer for both television and radio, Jamie Baker. Gentlemen, how are we doing? 
Hanging in there, Ted. You know, uh, what are we now into the second month of this uh, lockdown at home? And uh, the end of the shark season seems so long ago. And no playoffs in the spring. It's very unusual. Uh, I guess the only time this has happened in the NHL since we lost that entire season back in the 90s due to a lockout. So uh, strange times professionally, but uh, everybody's healthy uh, in this household, and that's the main thing. Same here. Healthy. Doing well, actually. Went down to L.A. for a week to visit with my daughter. I've been been back from lots of shows, so I have seen the... Tiger King and Ozark. I'm actually on the third season of Broadchurch right now. Reading, started writing a bit, journaling, a lot more journaling than I've done. I'm very, I'm pretty good at puzzles, I've found out. So just, uh, yeah, I, cre- I, I just live by myself. So it's a one, one bedroom apartment. I kind of created these different stations. I workstation, train the brain station, puzzle station, TV station, read station. So I bop around there and go for runs every day. I cross paths with a certain, TV play-by-play guy every now and then because we, we're on the same trail. So I see him out there walking the dog. But uh, otherwise, just laying low like most people trying to get through this. And, Jamie, you'll be happy to know I'm doing my first puzzle right now. I thought I'd start small with a 500-piecer, but it's uh, it's a monster. It's a uh, it's a tiki party puzzle. Of course it is. Let me see the box. Show me the box. Let me see the puzzle that you're doing. <laughs> you're, that's what you're doing? <laughs> this isn't fair to people just listening no okay well good luck good Thanks. luck with it there's Thanks. strategies there's strategies to puzzles like most most things in life randy and i wish you luck well you may, I mean, may having, hey when you're ready to move up to the thousand piece puzzle give me a call i'll help you out jamie having worked with you as long as i have i know a lot of the strategies towards solving a puzzle <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> He's had that one holstered since the minute he got a puzzle. <laughs> yeah, the puzzle of working with Jamie Baker. I found that one. <laughs> so uh, we we're all uh, just got to check out the Sharks' 2013 sweep of the Vancouver Canucks, uh, and it was interesting to me, guys, just going back and looking at some of the names on that team and seeing how much has changed, but also how much has stayed the same. Um, you know, I, I think for me, the game two overtime winner, Burns and Rafi Torres hooking up on that breakaway, that's the one that really sticks out in my mind. Even though we probably see the highlight of Patty's series winner more, um, I'll, I'll start with you, Randy. What, what's the highlight of the series for you, or what's the moment that sticks out? Well, that certainly is one because that was a, a pretty interesting pre-playoff uh, trade deadline addition for Doug Wilson to get Rafi Torres, who, you know, had his go. He, he went with Milan Mahalik as a member of the Edmonton Oilers years ago, and he was kind of a not exactly a fan favorite for Sharks fans because of what happened in that playoff series. And then he instantly uh, became a fan favorite because Rafi is a he's a really good hockey player. Brings a lot of speed, a lot of passion, and, uh, you know, not afraid to muck it up when that that, uh, comes about as well. And despite the fact that he hardly ever played any games for the Sharks, he was always suspended. That was his one shining moment. And, uh, you know, I I probably remember that more than anything, especially the fact that the Sharks lost the next round against L.A. Uh, And and you're right. I probably remember Rafi's presence, that goal, and what he potentially could have meant to the Sharks going forward than anything else from that series. Of course, it's seven years ago, and and we're blessed because the Sharks are always in the playoffs. So that's a lot of playoff series ago. 
So it's kind of hard to remember details from from game to game, but that's what sticks out most for me. What about you, Bix? So I did a little bit of homework on the series, and I agree with, with everything Randy was saying about Rafi Torres. It was interesting because you go back to the two, 2011 series when these teams played in the conference finals, Rafi, on, and it was an open ice hit, separated Joe Thornton's shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't along the boards. And, hey, Randy, you never see, it's very rare. You see somebody get their se- shoulder separated in an open ice hit. That's yeah. how hard Rafi hit. And it was a clean hit. It was shoulder to shoulder. But and Jumbo's a big guy, and he's strong. So, like, Rafi Torres had a major impact in that series. And then in this series, um, he didn't have any penalty minutes, but he got that overtime goal. But what I remember, like, looking back, and I was looking at, kind of the score sheets in that and the Sharks won all the key moments in that series you know they'd lost the year before in five games to St. Louis two years prior they lost in the conference final to the same Vancouver team so this Vancouver team was good the Sedins are in their prime and all that you look at game one they gave up the first goal they came back and won in game two I know Rafi got the overtime goal but the Sharks scored late they scored with uh, I got take a look here Marlowe scored with less than a minute left so they pulled the goalie they pulled Niemi for an extra attacker so they tied the goal tie the game two up late Torres goes on to win it in overtime game three the power play was clicking and then game four they did the same thing they scored a late goal with about four and a half minutes left to tie the game and then then Marlowe yeah and then Marlowe Marlowe won that in overtime and the power play in that series this is another thing I remember the Sharks were seven for 24 and Vancouver was two for 10. So it just, I'm like, that's right. Like the Sharks, the Sharks got into the heads of Vancouver. Like they won key moments and the Canucks became unraveled because 24 power play opportunities to 10 in a four game series is a significant margin, if you will. So um, anyway, that's, those are the kind of the, the key moments that I, you know, now that I reflect back on the series is that that was the difference in the series for the Sharks. And whichever one of you wants to grab this, I'm just curious since we're not doing Stanley Cup hockey like we would normally do right now, and this is what the Sharks do every year because they're always in the playoffs except for the year after the loss to L.A., how weird is it or how enlightening is it for you guys to go back and look at these classic games and these classic series and just have these memories brought up? Because usually we're focused on the here and now, and then suddenly all we're doing in sports is going back and looking at previous series, previous games, previous moments. It's such a weird, forced, retrospective moment. But do you appreciate it? Do you almost resent it because you wish that the game itself would be happening and that the world was you know, normal? Or, or is there an appreciation? Well, I think I can speak for Jamie. We always like listening to ourselves. <laughs> you know, we we appreciate one another. Um, no, I, I, you know, it's it's interesting to go back. I mean, I, I've got to be honest with you. In the past, I have never gone back and watched entire old playoff games before. I mean, they're probably available somewhere online, or I could find the the videotapes in the Sharks' offices and sit down and watch them. But I'm I'm just not motivated to do it you kind of you're in the present and and you have memories to go back but to watch entire playoff games i'll be honest with you there's a or or even just games there's a lot of little moments that happened that you forget i i mean it's just such a volume of of commentary uh night after night that you forget some of those little moments and then it jogs your memory and oh yeah i remember that now so that's probably what stuck out most to me is the things like 
for these games in this series we're talking about from seven years ago. Uh, I mean, to be able to watch those again, I mean, I will because I want to. I want to relive some of the, the the little moments. What about you, Bex? I mean, you can't replace what we were hoping for is to watch the playoffs, even though the Sharks were not going to be in the playoffs this year. I'm, I'm tuned in, especially in round one, but mm-hmm. playoff hockey is, it's, it's the best, you know, it, March Madness to me is the best tournament. The world cup is huge of soccer, but I don't think there's anything like the hockey playoffs. I mean, it is a war of attrition. So I still hope that there's going to be, you know, hockey and ultimately playoffs and I'm hoping it's four sets of best of seven because that's what it's all about and that somebody hoists the Stanley Cup this year but uh, I mean in the Bay Area just like every city they're, everybody like in Chicago they're not playing when they lost they're, they're showing replays of when they won the Stanley Cup you know so every city's kind of doing it so we're getting like a historical um, replay of some of the great moments and I think it I, it, for me, what it does is it, it, it ties in a little bit more of a historical element of everything that, you know, even even going back to 2013, like there's Logan Couture, but he's younger. There's Jumbo and Patty in their prime. Burns was playing forward that series. Flasic and Braun shutting down the Sedins. You know, Marty Havlat was on the team. Rafi Torres was here. So you look at the different names, you know, the, the bad guys from, from Vancouver, Ryan Kessler and, and Alex Burroughs. Like looking at it, I'm like, Oh yeah, Alex Burroughs. I hated I hated him as an opponent type of thing, you know. So so it's like there's little nuggets, but I think you string all these different years, these different classic games, and it kind of represents what this organization has been about and what the great sport of hockey's about. You know what was one of the things that I when I heard that they were gonna play all these classic games and such, and I don't know, maybe this says something about me. But one that I, and I don't think people want to see it like I do, but I remember it for being such an epic game, was the series ender against Dallas from 2008. Like, that didn't end well for the Sharks, but it was an epic game that went on forever, and it's incredibly painful. And I remember when it ended, my wife was like, do you want me to, well, she was my girlfriend then, but she said, do you want me to make you a drink? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to go for a walk now. And I think I walked for about an hour, but it's, that even in a loss that's an epic playoff hockey moment that things like that we're only focusing on the wins in each town like you said Chicago they're focusing on one of their wins there there's still games in there just for the Stanley Cup playoffs painful as they may be still incredible that game was so long <laughs> that TV had me come over as an intermission guest after the second overtime they're like we've run out of guests we don't know what to do. Can we get Baker to come over from radio? That's how desperate television was for a guest. It got to that point, and I and I jumped over. I I, I, I don't speak for NBC Sports uh, Bay Area, Ted, but I have an inkling you're not going to see any Sharks losses yeah. in these replays. Just a guess, just a guess. But um, no, that was a great game, and and, and I I'm kind of um, saddened by the fact that we aren't able to go way back into the catalog and for example the game seven against detroit when bake scored his mm-hmm. game winner in the first ever playoff series the sharks ever played 
that's that's somewhere on tape. I just don't know if the quality is what it needs to be to put on a high def channel today. Yeah. Uh, those are the the kind of games that I would love to see to go back, or or even the next year when the Sharks uh, beat Calgary in uh, double overtime in Game Seven on the Ray Whitney goal. Um, I, I just I'm just not sure. Like this this Vancouver series we're talking about, I believe is the is the oldest replay we'll have shown so far uh, in the last six weeks. I, I just don't know that the technology was good enough as far as storing the video yeah. from back in the 90s that we could watch those. But boy, would I ever love to. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and it's it's interesting because the NHL Network, they've obviously got a different archive. It's film. Have you guys watched any of the older uh, Stanley Cup playoff games that they've shown? No, I've I, I glanced at them a little bit. Um, they've been showing um, highlight packages for a number of years at playoff time. But you're right. Now they're showing the whole games. The, the things that stand out to me when I see them are, A, no advertising on the boards. That's bizarre. Uh, they're all white. Uh, the players are smaller, like in physical stature. They're just smaller humans. Uh, the game is not as fast. And, and the goalies are tiny. And the goalies just... Compared to today's goalies, I, I think back in those days, the goalie was, you know, I'm talking about the 70s and 80s. The goalie was probably the worst athlete on the team. Now the goalie is the best athlete on the team. So that will, that's what really sticks out when I watch those old games. No, it's, it's These wild. little humans skating around. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? It looks like ninja hockey compared to today. Everybody's over 6'2". There, there, there was a, more big guys back then. They were slower. The equipment was smaller, though. Yeah, I, that must. It, you know, I think it's the equipment, and especially yeah, it looks that way on the goalies. The stuff exactly. they wear now, uh, it, they just don't look um, like the gladiator type player that that right. you see in today's game. It's a little human skin. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Orr at five foot four. <laughs> so Gordy Gordy Howe, everybody thinks he was this big tough guy. He was only five six. <laughs> no, he wasn't. <laughs> so the I guess the elephant in the room is whether or not hockey can resume. I know, Bakes, you said you wanted the full best of seven all all the rounds. What if we can't do that? I mean, and then what if it does bleed into the only way they can get it back is not finishing up till August? I know that some players have said they don't want to do that because then it would impact the start of next year. And then other guys have said, no, we need to finish this season, finish the regular season, and then maybe play in abbreviated playoffs. Where, where do we fall on this? So I know Drew Doughty came out and said he, it wouldn't be the same and all that, you know. Um, I disagree because you go back to that 2013 year, like that was a shortened season. Yeah. You know, that, that, that series, Vancouver, San Jose, they played, they only played 48 games that year. And they, you know, they were still a Stanley Cup champion. So um, my take on it is, we're 85% of the way through the regular season. There's been enormous investment by everybody involved, like coaches, players, but organizations that at the trade deadline, just look at the Patty Marlowe trade as a perfect example. Like Pittsburgh gives up a second round pick to bring in a veteran player that probably won't be back there next year. Maybe he will be, but they bring him in to try and help them win a Stanley cup. If there's no playoffs, like, do they compensate? Like, what happens for, for things that happen at the trade deadline? So, what the one thing, if they have the playoffs, I think they need to have four rounds, best of seven. And you can say, well, it's not the same because 
you know, didn't end when the regular season is. And I, and I, my argument to that is, well, a lot of times, you know, you look at the Sharks playoffs last year, they were banged up going into the playoffs. And when have we ever seen all 16 teams participate under the, basically everybody's healthy under the exact same situation. It's not like one team had a, a tough travel schedule the last two weeks of the regular season. So I still think it would be a war of attrition. It would be a different type of Stanley Cup. But I, if you if you can win those sixteen games, then you're you're the Stanley you're the deserving Stanley Cup champion. You know, and go back yeah, he, and, and same thing. Hetty Hetty when he won it, that was the that was a, a year that it was you know they only played half the season. Yeah. That Stanley Cup ring is the same as everybody else's. Yeah. If they brought all sixteen teams together in one place and played the tournament best of sevens, and they all went seven games, which is unlikely to happen, but if it did, it would take fifty two days to execute with. 16 teams then you talk about the teams that just missed the top 16 if we don't have any more regular season games they made trades at the deadline too to get players to to see if they could get into the playoffs and do some damage so i don't know what the solution is going to be it might have to be more than 16 teams get in and then you don't play best of sevens you play best of fives or something but anyway you shake it it's still going to take a month and a half to two months to do it and if you start in august and, and play in one place for two months um, then it takes you right up to the beginning of October and, uh, you know, potentially a delay of the next season again. But this is all just speculation and guessing. None of us know. Yeah, no, very well said. And uh, I hope, gentlemen, that soon we can talk again about real hockey and maybe some resolution to the questions we're asking right now. But I will let you go and, and let you get back to uh, your puzzles. And, uh, you know, Randy can come up with more jokes to uh, have at uh, his expense to go at Jamie later. So that's that's another thing to work on. But, uh, gentlemen, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. It's great seeing your faces. Um, I'm used to being able to do this much more often than what we're uh, doing lately. So stay happy stay healthy and we'll talk soon all right Ted, you thanks ted ted you're the hardest working man in show business i hear you doing traffic i hear you doing sports i hear you reading the news and now you're doing this you are amazing thank you <laughs> thank you guys and the beard looks great too randy hahn and jamie baker everyone i really had a good time talking to them hearing their takes on playoff series from the past and getting their takes on what we might see and what they're doing to keep themselves busy and uh yeah, I think we're all in the same boat. If uh, if we look down 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now, people are going to look back on this time as one of the most widely shared human experiences of all time. So again, stay happy, stay healthy, do whatever you can do to uh, keep yourself in a positive mindset, and uh, we're all getting through this together. And I hope that this can provide you uh, a little bit of a... Uh, a break from some boredom or whatever else you're looking for a break from and that you're watching some of these classic games and listening to some of these classic broadcasts. Of course, stay tuned to most easily the Sharks Twitter account because they retweet NBC Sports on when they're going to be replaying Sharks games. They give you the schedules for the Bay Area Classics of their own. Um, Dan Rusinowski is tweeting and the Sharks are retweeting him. So that's a really easy way to keep up on the schedules for every side of this. So, yeah, uh, again, and also let me know on Twitter, at Ted Ramey Media, uh, if there's anything you want to get into, if there's any uh, members of the Sharks team, front office staff that you'd like to hear from, we can try and get in a request and work on something going forward. So let me know. Um, yeah, let, let me know. You can tweet the Sharks as well. And uh, let us know about some of the uh, personalities or topics or things you want us to get into. But 
Again, uh, stay happy and stay healthy, everyone. For Randy Hahn and Jamie Baker and the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. We'll be right back.